I would like an explanation to, you know, people with vaccines, why are they still getting COVID? If that's something that we are supposed to highly be protected from, like, that's funny that, oh, it reduces your chances of going to the hospital. Yeah, I had it, but that doesn't mean I can't get it again. Bradley Beal, with probably one of the weirdest and most interesting answers to the main question that was asked during NBA Media Day this year. How's it going, everybody? My name is Nick Sterlazzi, and welcome to episode one of the Foul Line podcast. Uh, This podcast is pretty much going to be all NBA all the time. Uh, I am a huge NBA fan. I am a diehard Boston Celtics fan. I am from the North Shore area, born and raised, Um, so I I'm going to have a little bit of bias uh, towards my Celtics, uh, as you're going to learn uh, through this podcast, but we're a friendly podcast. We talk about everything basketball, college, high school, NBA, and uh, recently the NBA is uh, starting up again. It's exciting. Uh, we just had media day a couple weeks ago. All these players and on their new teams are coming out, you know, looking good, looking good. But the main question, the main thing that everybody has been talking about is, of course, the COVID vaccine. Um, the NBA has came out recently and made it pretty made pretty harsh guidelines for players who aren't vaccinated. Um, for example, a player that is not vaccinated and has made it pretty public that he's not is uh, NBA guard Kyrie Irving, as most of you may know. Uh, Kyrie has had some, uh, what's the right word for it? Weird moments uh, in the league. He, you know, he definitely has kind of um, changed a little bit with his thoughts and his uh, opinion. But he does great things, you know, for the league. And um, he does help out a lot of charities. Um, But the one thing that is kind of holding off the Brooklyn Nets right now is the fact that since Kyrie Irving is not vaccinated in the state of New York, he cannot compete in any home games um, because he's not allowed in the stadium. And that's a tough thing, you know, and at that point, instead of looking at it as a personal matter, it's a team matter because at the end of the day, Kyrie is a top 10 guard in this league. And, you know, obviously Brooklyn has Kevin Durant and James Harden. So, and it wasn't very common when all three of them played on the court last year, but I think Brooklyn wants them to be all, all three of them on the court this year. You understand? I It's... They need him to. They it, We saw in the playoffs last year that if they're hurt or if all three of them aren't there, it's hard for them to win. Um, Milwaukee pretty much showed their weaknesses last year. And, you know, not to take away anything from Milwaukee, of course, they went on to win the championship. They had a great run in the playoffs. They were hurt. So I guess you could use that excuse for Brooklyn, uh, for them being hurt in last year's conference finals towards the end of it. You know, KD was playing... 40 minutes a game out of his mind. You know, James Harden was playing with a sprained ankle. So their one and two scores were pretty much Kevin Durant and Blake Griffin uh, and Joe Harris when he can actually make a three-pointer. So, um, but then you also have other guys too, like Jonathan Isaac on the Orlando Magic, who has stated that he's not anti-vax and he's not against the science, but he's still not going to get it. Just like Kyrie Irving, he's not eligible to play in any home games, and there's certain states in the United States right now he won't even be able to play away games. Uh, but for one person that has actually that actually um, decided to change his mind and actually wanted to get the vaccine, um, Andrew Wiggins from the Golden State Warriors actually uh, got the vaccine, I believe, early last week. Um, so now he's actually eligible to play in home games. He played uh, for the Warriors last night in preseason. That's the other thing I wanted to uh, talk about really quickly before we get to the main topic of the show. Um, <clears throat> Andrew Wiggins played last night. NBA preseason also started last night. Oh, also, to add on to the fact, Andrew Wiggins was going to miss out on $15 million if he didn't get the vaccine because, put it in this perspective, the NBA plays 82 games in a season, right? You have 41 home, 41 away. He's guaranteed to miss 41 of those games, not to mention the games that he's not going to be able to play in away because he's not vaccinated. That's a lot of money you're going to be missing out. And for a guy like Kyrie Irving, it's still a lot of money, but for Kyrie Irving, you know, he can he can afford that. Let's be real here, guys. I mean, the, he has shoes. He's got everything. He can afford it. 
someone like Andrew Wiggins, though, who, you know, was a number one pick, but hasn't, he's just kind of been there, you know, decent, nothing crazy, nothing spectacular, but a solid player. <laughs> he needs that money, you know, he needs that money. So he got the vaccine. Um, but I really hope, you know, more players get it because I, I want to be able to have like a truly real NBA season. You know, last year it just kind of sucked because all these players would be out because of COVID. And then next thing you know, you have your third starting lineup or your third bench lineup in for the starters starting just because of COVID. I just I don't I don't want a repeat of that this year. Definitely not. I think I think everybody just wants a normal basketball season we're finally going back to an 82 game stretch so it's gonna be great it's gonna be exciting i can't wait i want to talk about preseason really 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 quickly nothing crazy really happened but it's just good to actually see the nba starting back up again uh last night a bunch of teams played uh orlando and the boston played last night jalen suggs looked great boston looked great too again i'm really being biased here the, the Celtics looked amazing. I mean, they, they look great. The ball movement is just spectacular. Jalen hasn't lost a step. Jason Tatum had a, a pretty crazy poster on Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, the Celtics are great. Uh, Miami, I believe Miami and – oh, no, excuse me. Atlanta and Toronto played. I didn't really catch too many highlights of that game. Uh, Portland and Golden State played. I do know of. So – the funny thing is this year is the NBA implemented a new rule that shooters behind the three-point line could now not jump into a defender to necessarily get the foul. And we saw firsthand last night, Steph Curry went for the pump fake, the defender fell for it, jumped to block the shot, Curry went to go jump into him, and he got a no call. I love this. I love it. First of all, you're not going to slow the game down. First of all, it, it's the too many. I feel like last year's playoffs, it was just, and, and just last year in general, the amount of foul calls that were called, the amount, it, it just, the, it slows the game down. It slows the game down, and they go on longer than they should be. And, you know, and finally, them actually taking a step up and being like, okay, all these insane three point shooters aren't just going to get easy trips to the line anymore. They're going to have to work for it. Because if you look back, Every single three-point shooter, if you had your defender jumping, they were going to jump into you, and you they were going to get sent to the line and, and sink three of those free throws every single time. So it's good to see the league actually taking advantage of the rule now and kind of enforcing it a little more and making it more difficult for shooters not to actually just get, fr you know, easy free throws um, because that was a big problem. And especially it would get to the point to where that's all that guys would do. Just try to jump into the shooter. Try to jump into the defender. You know, trip on their feet. You know, make, like, jump out far enough on their jump shot so they would get hit. It's, you know, it's going to be much more difficult unless, I feel like, unless you actually body check the shooter <laughs> this year, you're not getting a foul call from behind the line. But, you know, it's a good thing, and it keeps the game going, and it makes it a little more exciting and a little more difficult for the players. All right, so enough of that. Uh, preseason, you know, it's preseason. There's really not much to talk about. A bunch of their rookie, a bunch of rookies made their debuts last night. They looked great. Some of them looked better than others. But I wanted to start off with episode one, uh, giving my one through fifteen power ranking uh, for each conference, east and west. Sat down the other night for like 45 minutes. I looked at every single tre uh, team transaction in the free agency, and I made up my mind. You could try to change it. You're probably not going to change it, though. Uh, this <laughs> this is my opinion. This is my personal opinion, so you don't have to agree with it. But this is just what I think based off of what I've seen last year going into this year, what I think is going to happen. So we're just going to jump right into it, and, uh, yeah, let's get it started. So we're going to start off with the East first. So – one through eight are going to be my playoff seedings, pretty much the numbers one through eight that you hear, and obviously I'm going to name the number of each team before I say it. Um, but I just want to keep in mind, number one through eight is what I'm going to have for the playoffs this year. Again, I think I'm probably going to roll with this for a little bit. It's still way too early to tell, obviously. The season's still like two, two and a half weeks away. But this is just, you know, kind of the – if this is me assuming everybody's healthy, I just want to get that – started off number one i have the brooklyn nets um again you know it's the it, you have three of the greatest players of this generation on one team and their death 
is there. Blake Griffin, you know, they got Blake Griffin, they got Bruce Brown, they got Joe Harris. You know, they got rid of, they don't have Karis LeVert anymore, but I mean, they have ballers. They have ballers. And it's the Nets. The only thing that, again, that I would I would change by number, it, this is assuming right now that Kyrie's going to be able to play. That's that's why I'm putting them at number one because all three of them are coming back healthy. I I just I don't see why they can't <laughs> win win the title this year. If you're having a fully healthy Nets team with three of those players on your team, yeah, obviously you're gonna make it far, and I have them at number one. But that's only if Kyrie plays. If Kyrie says no, I'm not getting the vaccine. I have him at three, three or four, but. For right now, for this list, assuming everybody's healthy, I have them at number one. <clears throat> number two, Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, pretty obvious. They just came off a championship run last year. Uh, they beat the Suns in six. Giannis played amazing. Giannis had a great playoff series, won uh, NBA Finals MVP. They lost uh, They lost P.J. Tucker and Brian Forbes in free agency. Brian Forbes went to the Spurs, and P.J. Tucker signed with the Miami Heat. Two kind of key role players for them in that playoff run last year. Brian Forbes was a solid shooter from the mid-range, and P.J. Tucker played some great defense on Durant in that Bucks nets series. Um, but, you know, they were still able to re-sign Bobby Portis, uh, who was, again, a huge factor, especially in that Atlanta series for him. He really stepped up and played well. Um, so it was important for them to get him back, and they did for a good amount of time. And, you know, it's just like I said, their whole team's back. Connaughton, um, <clears throat> Pat Connaughton, Giannis, Chris Middleton, like, like they're all – and Drew Holiday. They're all back, and they're all there. So I have, I have them doing, again, very well this year. It's the same team as last year. It's the same team that won the championship. I definitely think that they're going to make it deep into the playoffs. And if, no, and if anything, make another title run, definitely. Number three, Boston Celtics. You can love it. You can hate it. I love it. I love how we look. Everybody's healthy. We upgraded at their bench depth. You know, I really wish we kept Moses Brown. Uh, I'm not going to go on a rant on that, though, because I think that was the stupidest thing we could have ever done. But again, that's for another day. Uh, getting Al Horford back as a Celtics fan, I love. You know, he, he, he was great when Isaiah was here. And he was honestly... You know, when Kyrie was, you know, being Kyrie, everybody really looked towards him as a leader, and he really did step up. So I'm really glad that he's back. And plus, he made a bunch of connect. He, you know, he has great connections with guys on this team. They made it far, you know, together, so they know how to play with each other. Dennis Schroeder played last night, too, and he looks great. Not to mention him and Al played on Atlanta all those years, so they also have chemistry together. I have them so high on my list because... I just feel like it's finally going to start gelling together. They look great. The ball movement looks great. Marcus Smart had a great passing night last night. Jalen Brown was throwing up lobs to Jason Tatum. Like, they look amazing. And there's going to be some teams on this list that are lower than them that I definitely think are going to be tough for them. But I overall think in the long run, just because of now Tatum and Brown both having that experience, along with being solid depth on their bench now, too, with a healthy Jabari Parker, a healthy Peyton Pritchard, Aaron Naismith is getting more minutes, and Dennis Schroeder, I th and Cantor, and Robert Williams coming back healthy, I think we're going to be a great team. I personally think that the Celtics are going to finish third in the East, make it to the conference finals, hopefully. Maybe, the, I don't know. I don't know. It's way too early to tell. And like I said before, there's the teams, I already know one of the teams that a lot of people are going to shocked that I didn't list at number three and I put the Celtics over and that's my number four team that's the Chicago Bulls the reason why I have the Celtics over the Bulls is because the Bulls just signed Lonzo and they just signed DeMar DeRozan right <coughs> they had half a year with Nikola Vucevic sure they have Zach Levine he's an all-star he's great don't get me wrong he's he's stud but now you have a starting lineup of what is it now it is it is Lonzo, Levine, DeRozan, Patrick Williams, Vucevic. That's a good team. That's a playoff team, 100%. Now you got to build that chemistry, though. That's the only thing. DeMar and Lonzo and Levine are all different players. DeMar's a dri 
Demar is uh, a rim guy. He attacks the rim. Not that great of a shooter. You know, Levine can do both very, very well, as we've seen. Lonzo's pure passer and defensive guy. He can score if he needs to. And Vucevic can, you know, rebound defense, really do it all. Now, the thing that they have to figure out is how they're going to complement their play style together. Because once they figure that out, they're going to be deadly. They are going to be a great team. So that's why I have them at four. I definitely think, though, like I said, same thing with the Celtics. If they can co-align at a much earlier rate than we anticipate them to and really start getting in a good rhythm altogether, I think they're going to be one of the most dangerous teams in the East. And probably the team to beat are probably going to be the team that can honestly take down the Nets or the Bucks, 100%. Number five, I have the Atlanta Hawks. Same thing with the Hawks. I feel like they could be higher. They had a great uh, playoff run last year uh, with the signing of Nate McMillan for the rest of the season Really, and firing Lloyd Pierce. It really, really, really made a difference for them. Everybody just played better. Uh, Clint Capella had a great playoff series. Trey Young was amazing. And, you know, especially with all the young guys coming back now, Cam Reddish isn't hurt anymore, so he'll be back. You got guys now coming into uh, taking a bigger step like DeAndre Hun Hunter. Uh, they re-signed. They locked up John Collins. They still have Lou Williams. I think they're going to be a great team again this year too, and hopefully a full season with Nate McMillan is going to really help them and help them push them over the hump. But again, you know, they, 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 they have teammate chemistry though. I mean, they, they made the conference finals. You know, they, you know, they did. They, they 100% did. They beat the Knicks and the Sixers, but, you know, they beat the one seed. I'll give them that. They did beat the one seed in the East. They beat Philly, but, you know, they're, they're still young. They're still young. Trey Young's an all-star, 100%. John Collins probably can be an all-star this year. I hope he is. I love John Collins. Bogdan, Be uh, excuse me, Boyan, I think that's it. Yeah, I, th I get Bogdan and Boyan confused all the time, so excuse me if I'm wrong. Had a terrible playoff run. Really needs to start making his shots. You know, he just was kind of chucking it up, and it wasn't really hitting anything. Uh, DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish really need to have a good year this year, though. I, I think the Hawks really need to rely on their bench and their young core to really step up, but I think if they do that, they're also going to be a really tough team to beat and really competitive. Number six, I have the Miami Heat. Uh, I just want to state this right now, and I'm never going to talk about it again. I hate the Miami Heat. They are my least favorite team. I hate them. They're overrated. Okay, that's it. That, I'm, again, I'm letting my biases out. Now we're going to get into the Heat. So over the offseason, they signed Kyle Lowry, of course, from Toronto, and P.J. Tucker, free agency. Uh, they're having uh, – Victor Oladipo is going to be back, actually, finally. For uh, That's honestly good for them. You know, Victor Oladipo, he's a solid bench piece off for them. Healthy, not hurt, healthy. He's definitely not the Indiana Victor Oladipo that they were hoping that they were going to get. But, um, you know, still, you know, better than what they had. Um, yeah, they re-signed Jimmy Butler to a four-year contract. Don't know why they did that when he's 30 again, though. It's Jimmy Butler. He could probably play till 33, 34. Um, Lowry's getting up there in age. I, you know, this Heat team is good. I, I'm not, I'm not knocking them. They're good, but their best two players are in their 30s, so you can only rely on them for so long. I hate Tyler Harrow. I think Tyler Harrow is not it. Okay, he had a great bubble playoffs, and then last year he kind of. It's just like last year the Heat have to show me that they're not going to fold under pressure. You make the conference, you make the finals the year before, and then you're telling me the year after that you get swept in the first round. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong, Milwaukee did end up going to win the championship. Which honestly, if my if Milwaukee lost in that round against the Nets, the Heat would have probably looked way worse than they still than they do right now. Let's be real here. Now, a lot of people would be knocking the Heat for that. Again, the only saving grace for this team is Bam Adebayo. They cannot let Bam Adebayo go, and they're not. They've locked them up. I think they locked him up, if I'm correct, last year. I could be wrong. Um, but, you know, he's pretty much the only player I like on this team. He's, he's just all around solid. And, yeah, I, I you know, I have Miami just kind of being in the middle. I, I just think the competition with Chicago and now I honestly, since Boston's just gelling, I think 
you know, Miami's going to have a difficult time. Especially, too, like I said before, chemistry. Kyle Lowry has been a Toronto for so long. Now he's going to a new team where Jimmy Butler's been the guy. He's been the guy. So uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting. Heat at six. Number seven, Philadelphia 76ers. Okay, a lot of people are going to call me crazy for this. I was being generous with this, personally. Now, I'm not saying this because I hate Philly, even though I do hate Philly. I'm saying this because um, they're a crapshoot right now. They are an absolute PR crash shoot right now. And the main cause of that is their number one draft pick, Ben Simmons. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Ben Simmons put on probably one of the worst playoff performances last year and was probably one of the sole reasons why the Sixers got eliminated in the second round. Uh, I think he put up a stat line of, I want to say, like zero points one game, two points, four points. Like It was bad, bad, bad nights for him. And he clearly shown that he doesn't want to be part of the team anymore. He doesn't want to be part of the Philly. He came out. He said he does not want to be a part of this organization anymore and that him and his agent are going to try and find a new destination for him. Yeah, that was said in, I think, what, June? June, July? It is currently October 5th. And Ben Simmons is still on the Philadelphia 76ers. He has not been able to move. Nobody wants him. His value has tremendously took a massive blow. And I'm confused on why. I'm generally confused on why. And it's because he can't shoot the basketball. He can't shoot the basketball. When you're in the NBA, okay, and I understand he's 6'8", yeah, whatever, but you also have Anthony Davis who can pull up from three, splashing in your mouth. When you have guys like that, you need to learn how to shoot the basketball. You need to, especially this day and age. If Ben Simmons was the first overall pick in the 1985 NBA draft, he would be averaging at least 40 and 20 and 10 every single night. 100%. But now because most of the game, now because the three-pointer is the element of today's NBA game, he averages 15 and 8. He averages great numbers for a guard. Don't get me wrong. He cannot shoot the ball. He is petrified to go to the line. When you have a hack of Simmons call, when, 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 when your starting point guard is the worst free throw shooter on your team to the point to where the team fouls him intentionally, you know you have a problem. You know you have a problem. And he's the problem. And the problem with Philly is they can't get rid of her of their problem because they brought it upon themselves. So I just think I def Philly is still definitely a talented team with Matisse Stiebel and you know of course Embiid and them bringing in you know Drummond and everything. They're a talented team. Don't don't get me wrong by that. I just generally think with all of this drama happening, it's going to be tough for them to compete and succeed because they're going to have all these distractions, all this media coming in asking about Simmons. They need to get rid of Simmons ASAP. They need, to, they need to move him. They really do. And then finally, you know, Doc Rivers and the rest of the Sixers are going to actually be able to start planning to win a championship. Because um, right now, they're in no shape to do that. They are in no shape to do that whatsoever. Okay, enough of my <laughs> Philadelphia 76er rant. <coughs> Number eight, the last team that I think is going to make the playoffs in the East, the New York Knicks. Again, I, I actually – I'm torn between three teams. My next three teams I think honestly can make the playoffs. Again, I'm pretty sure the NBA is actually having the play-in tournament, so actually I think these three teams are, are the teams that are going to be in the play-in tournament this year. Uh, the Knicks I have at eight, um, you know – it's a weird team. I, I feel like there's a lot of weird teams this year. I like the team. I love that they got Kemba Walker. Um, you know, especially being a Celtics fan, I loved Kemba here, but I'm even happier that he's going over to New York. He's on a bigger stage. And he, he's – he I would put him as the guy over Julius Randle over there now because he can score. He Like, he's dropped 60 in a game. He's definitely not that same Kemba Walker, especially after all the knee issues that he's been having. Um, but I, de I like to add, I like the addition for them. 
and having D-Rose come off the bench. I, I, li I definitely like that addition for them. I think that's solid. They're a good defensive team. R.J. Barrett had a great year last year. Julius Randle was an all-star last year. Um, and they also have Mitchell Robinson. Um, I think they'll make the playoffs again. Uh, not four seed like they were last year. Uh, I <laughs> definitely not. Uh, but I do think that they'll make the. I do think that they'll get the eight seed. If not the eight seed, definitely make the playing game or the playing tournament. I think they're a solid team. Um, I, you know, I, 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 just think they still have a little bit more to figure out. But they're on their way there. You know, they're definitely on their way there, and they're definitely going to be solid this year. Uh, number nine, I have the Indiana Pacers. Also one of the teams that I think could finish 8th place overall, but I'm putting them at 9 just because I think the Knicks are still a little bit better. Um, mostly because they made more upgrades, unlike the Pacers, who did nothing. Uh, they still have Malcolm Brogdon and TJ Warren and Sabonis. They still have the All-Star. They have Miles Turner, who led the league in blocks last year. Great defensive big. Wish the Celtics got him. That's a topic for another day. Otherwise, I'll start crying. I don't want to talk about that. But that's really it, man. You know, they got TJ McConnell, but, like, it's the Pacers. You know, it's 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 the Pacers. <laughs> and as much as I hate to say it, I just – I want them to succeed. I like the Pacers. I like – I you know, it's – they have cool jerseys, man. Like, <laughs> I love the team history. I love – Reggie Miller is probably, like, one of my favorite players of all time just because of the trash-talking aspect. And I want to see the Pacers do well. But they don't change the team. And a lot of teams in the offseason this past year really didn't change up the team that much. Not even in the draft, nothing. And the Pacers were kind of like that. They really didn't do much. Uh, so I have them at number nine. They're just kind of in the middle, you know? They're really in the middle. And, uh, yeah. Uh, number ten, Washington Wizards. Um, I don't have the Wizards making the AC. However, I do see them possibly making the playing tournament. Um, mostly because of Bradley Beal. Now, of course, as we all know, the big trade that happened with Westbrook going from Washington to L.A. In return, Wizards got Montrez Harrell and Kyle Kuzma. One good player out of that deal, and that, of course, is Montrez Harrell. Not a Kuzma fan. I think he's always been overrated, and it would just took the Lakers long enough to wipe the um, you know, rookie year from their memory and actually move on. Um, and they also picked up Spencer Dinwiddie to replace, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook. So, you know, solid addition to Beal. Uh, I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie, Spencer Dinwiddie was never kind of a score first guy. He always, you know, he, he's not like a superstar. He doesn't need the ball in his hands, you know. He, you know, so I, I, I think he'll compliment Beal well. I think he'll give uh, get Beal the ball way more and not – that Bradley Beal gets the ball enough already. He's literally the Washington Wizards. Uh, but, you know, again, this Wizards team is pretty much nothing special. Um, they've had the same problem every year. It's just Beal. Like, they bring in nobody. But, again, that's not their fault. No one wants to go and play there. They, you know, they kind of have to make some moves, and they really haven't done that. So I have them at 10. I do see them maybe making a push for the playoff. Uh, for the playing game, just because now they have Har they actually have kind of a team now in Beal, Harrell, Dinwiddie, Kuzma, uh, Hachimura. Like, they have players there. So, I, I, if anything, I'll give them the playing game. Now, the rest of my players on this list, I have not even making the playoffs, okay? Uh, and I'm going to explain why. Number 11, I have the Charlotte Hornets. Um, kind of like the Pacers, really didn't make any upgrades this offseason. If anything lost everything. They lost Devontae Graham to the Pelicans, they lost Malik Monk to the Lakers, and they lost Tyler Zeller to the Trailblazers. And I'm pretty sure there's one more, but I'm just forgetting it off the top of my head. Um, yeah. And what did they get back? Oh, Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre Jr. Yeah, the man that didn't hit a three-pointer, I think, till his, what, fourth or fifth game last year? Shot 0 for 17 before he actually made a three-pointer. Literally, the only positive about this team is their young core and P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, LaMelo Ball. I mean, that's what they're playing for right now, man. <laughs> that's literally what the Hornets are right now. Just, I mean, but because they're so young, they're also the most fun team to watch. I love watching the Hornets play. I love watching, you know, um, LaMelo play and Miles Bridges. The Miles Bridges dunks are probably one of my favorite things. 
Uh, they won last night, actually, in uh, preseason, 113-97. to So, uh, yeah, that's good for them. But, you know, they also have the new rookie, Jaden McDaniels, James Boognight, P.J. Washington. Like, they're, they're a solid young team. They're a solid young team. They'll, they'll succeed. I think they'll succeed in the draft. Um, so, yeah, I have the Hornets at number 11. Number 12, Toronto Raptors. What's there for me to say? They downgraded massively from Lowry to Drogic. No disrespect to Goran Drogic. You know, great player, obviously, but just old. You know, just old. Siakam, Siakam. He'll do that little spin move on you, and then he'll get blocked. Freddie Van Fleet's getting pretty up there in age. He's 28. He's going to start regressing very, very, very soon. And if any of you can't tell, I'm also not a big Raptors guy. No, realistically, I don't think the Raptors are just going to do anything well. They, had, they drafted well. They got a solid pick in Scotty Barnes. I mean, that's definitely going to help them out. They also uh, re-signed Gary Trent Jr., who's like one of their youngest players. I'm pretty sure he's only 24, who actually played pretty good for them after they traded for him last year. But other than that, I mean, I mean, in the trade with uh, – they also got Precious Achua, a solid big man, you know, to kind of replace Mar Marcus Saul. They really were hurting at the big man spot last year. So bringing in Precious Achua, a young guy, that's going to help them. But I really don't think they're going to make an impact in the East this year, especially with a healthy Nets team and Bucks and Celtics and, like, just all the teams that I just named. I don't think their level of competition matches to anybody else's. You know, I mean, they still have Siakam, OG Ananobi, uh, OG Ananobi, Ananobi, like, guys like that. But they've always just kind of been subpar. You know, I mean, Siakam was getting all-star votes one year. Or, I think I'm pretty sure he was actually an all-star. Was Pascal Siakam an all-star? <sighs> Now I actually have to know this. Hold on. I'm sorry, guys. I can't remember. I feel like he was. He Was he? Ah, uh, yes, he was. He was. He was. Okay. 2019. 19. Oh, last year. Oh, Chicago. That's right. Okay. Sorry, guys. Ew, you don't know your NBA stuff. Relax. It's the Raptors. I'm not supposed to know the Raptors stuff. Okay. So anyways, they have an all-star in Siakam, but yeah, yada, yada, yada. I have the Raptors at 12. I have them at 12. I think I think they still need, you know, they need some help. I don't think Nick Nurse is going to take them to the promised land anymore. I just don't think he can do it. 13, Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, I really hate to have them this low. Honestly, I put them over the Raptors or the Hornets. I think they won't be terrible. In you know, they just drafted Evan Mobley. They still have Darius Garland, Colin Sexton. They just locked up Jared Allen. Um, you know, and they also signed Laurie Marketing and they got Denzel Valentine. Uh, some solid, solid set pieces. They have a solid starting lineup now with uh, Garland, Sexton. Uh, I think Mobley's going to play the forward for them, if I'm right. I might be wrong. Uh, Markkinen and Jared Allen, that's solid. Very, very young team. They still have a lot to kind of figure out, develop and grow. Sexton had a great beginning of the year last year. He looked he looked amazing, and I definitely think that he's going to, you know, try to up the ante this year. Same thing with Garland. He's just been kind of been getting better and better every year. Um, but again, very young team, and they're still stuck with Kevin Love. You know, I, they, they they just need to get rid of Kevin Love at this point. They need to get rid of that cap. They need to get rid of that money or that contract because they really need to use it. They can't keep playing the draft every year. I mean, they can if they want to, but at the same time, they have the recipe to kind of be a good team right now or make a push anyways. They just need to pull the trigger. Um, but I have the Cavs at 13. 14, the Orlando Magic. <sighs> this team is weird, man. I, like, this team is just so weird. They have three guards. They have Markel Fultz. They have Cole Anthony. And they just drafted Jalen Suggs. Okay. Jalen Suggs played last night. He looked amazing. He looked great. I'm not going to lie. He looked awesome. They also drafted Franz Wagner from Michigan with the eighth overall pick. They drafted another center. Don't know why. Um, they're just a weird team. Again, very, very, very young. Probably one of the youngest teams in the league, actually. Uh, after trading away their whole team, literally their whole team, during the All-Star break, trading they traded away Fournier, um, R.J. Hampton, uh, Wendell Carter, like, like Vucevic. They traded away pretty much almost their whole team. Uh, but they got some pretty solid young pieces back. They got Wendell Carter Jr. They got uh, Gary Harris. Um, 
Oh, excuse me. Oh, excuse me. They actually traded for RJ Hampton. So they have some pretty pretty good solid players. Just they have no experience. But you know, it'll be good for them to kind of be getting all these minutes and all this time because now they're going to start to build experience and I I see the Magic being a good team along the line uh, eventually down the line, but just not right now. Uh, they're just way too young. Cole Anthony's probably going to have a great year this year. Jalen Sucks is going to have a great rookie year. Uh, I, I want to see the Magic do well, though. I'm rooting for them, but I just don't think they're going to be a competitive team this year. And last but not least, the worst team in the East this year. Let's do a little drum roll. I don't think anybody has to guess it. Detroit Pistons. Um... I don't really have to explain a lot. I'll, pro I'll say a few reasons as to why they're the last team in the league. Um, they drafted Kate Cunningham, number one overall. That's obviously not the reason why. I mean, if anything, that's that's probably the reason why they, they're still going to win some games this year. They have Kate Cunningham. But you also have Killian Hayes at your backup now. I, I think I, – they ha I mean, they have Kate Cunningham, Jeremy Grant, and Isaiah Stewart. I couldn't really name you a, any other Detroit Pistons player because I'm not a Pistons fan. I really don't know that much about them. I just know that uh, it's the Pistons. <laughs> when you add Kelly Olynyk as probably one of your number one free agent signings, you know you're a bad team. So I think they're still working though. They still need. They still have a couple years left. They still have a couple years left to get better. But uh, yeah, last in the league this year. In the East, anyways. I, I, I think they're going to be the worst team in the East. So, we'll go through my East rankings one more time. I had, uh, uh, starting at 1, we'll go 1 through 15. Uh, Nets, Bucks, Celtics, Bulls, Hawks, Heat, Sixers, Knicks, Pacers, Wizards, Hornets, Raptors, Cavs, Magic, Pistons. That's my list for 1 through 15. You guys don't have to agree with me. That's just my personal opinion, though, and I'm sticking to it. Now we're going to do the West. Uh, the West for me took me a little longer than the East, mostly because just of how difficult the West is this year. Um, I hope you guys agree with the standings. I'm basing it off for the West. This I'm, I'm The way I'm doing the West now is the numbers that they're there, they're just there for now. I just I, I, I really think it is a free-for-all with these teams. Uh You'll see why. You, you'll. Ju I, th I honestly think my top six is gonna is. I think my top six teams are just kind of a free for all. I just really think they could be anywhere from one through six. My top six teams. So we're just gonna get into it. Uh, number one, Phoenix Suns. What more do I have to say? I, 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 I think first of all, um, the Chris Paul effect is real. Clearly, it's real. They just made the finals. Uh, Chris Paul made his first finals appearance. Good for him. They lost, though, which sucks. But, you know, again, good for Chris Paul. Uh, they re-signed DeAndre Ayton. They also added JaVel McGee and Alfred Payton and also re-signed Cameron Payne. I think this team is probably going to make the finals again, if not make a push for the finals again. Their team chemistry is just crazy, dude. It, it's just it's unmatched. Their team chemistry is insane. They are Ever, like they needed someone like Chris Paul in that team. That's all they needed. That's all that they really were lacking. It's just a solid guard to kind of just like just help Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, you know, because they were getting it done. You know, they went undefeated in the bubble. Okay, we forget about that, but they didn't lose a single game in the bubble and didn't even make the playoffs. Let's just put that into consideration. So it was a long time coming for them. I'm glad they actually were able to. Um, you know, make the finals. I definitely see them making another run this year. No doubt about it. Number two, I have the LA Clippers. Uh, again, with this, this team's kind of tough because I have my two, I have this team and then I also have another team. I think it could go either way. I think the Clippers could be two or could be three with this other team. You'll hear in a second. Clippers, I mean, they, they, they stole two games from the Jazz without Kawhi, you know? And when you put that in perspective, that's I excuse me from the Jazz from the Suns without Kawhi and they actually finished out that Jazz series without Kawhi, so I de I definitely think with the addition of a healthy Kawhi and a healthy healthy Clippers team I don't see why this team also couldn't make a finals run hundred percent I think it's I think they need to 
I think this is probably going to be one of the last years, if not one or two years left, that they need to do this. Paul George is getting up there in age. Same with Kawhi. Marcus Morris is getting old. You know, they traded away Patrick Beverly for, I think, I'm pretty sure Josh Kogi, which is solid pickup, great defensive player. Um, you know, still got Luke Kennard. Um, they were able to re-sign Nicholas Batum, which was great for him. Nicholas Batum played great in the playoffs, especially on the defensive side of the ball. He was amazing. Um, yeah, so I see them finishing at, at, at least top three. I, I just, I just, you know, I really think that they have a lot of momentum coming into this year, and I definitely think that they're going to put it above the third team. Ha, 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 that I have. You see what I did there? Yeah, that was nice, right? The L.A. Lakers. Again, I think it could. Be, I think it can mix. I think the Lakers could be two, Clippers could be three, or I think the other way around. I'm only putting them at three because they have LeBron, AD, and Westbrook. That's it. That's the only reason why they're making number three. If this was ten years ago, they would be number one, a hundred percent. But Russ is up there in age. LeBron's thirty-six, and AD's still a beast. So I, I'm putting them at number three. And the only reason why I'm putting them at number three is because they signed literally the oldest of the old <laughs> that you could get. And the thing is, though, they're not bad players. Like, DeAndre Jordan, solid. Okay, Trevor Ariza, yeah, solid. Defensive guy, solid. Melo, still solid. He, sh he proved that on Portland. He was still a double-digit scorer on Portland. He was great. So, you know, they're solid players. But then they also got someone like Malik Monk, who I think is great for them. He's only, what, 25, 26? And he's great on the on the Hornets. I'm pretty sure he had a 50, if not a 50-point game, close to one at one point. So I, you know, I see this Lakers team doing a lot of things. I definitely see them making a deep dip, uh, dive into the playoffs. It's going to be interesting to see how Westbrook and LeBron play with each other. It's definitely going to be interesting. Um, I can't wait to see it. I, I'm personally excited. I think that's awesome that they're finally teammates. Um, but it's definitely going to be an interesting year in L.A. I think these. I think this is probably the best uh, time because now both teams are at full strength. Both teams have a lot of big names now. And it's, it's going to be a great – I think them pushing the rivalry when it first started kind of ruined it. But now I definitely think that it's going to be more competitive. And I actually can't wait to watch those games. That's going to be awesome. So, Lakers at number three. Number four, Dallas Mavericks. Okay? Hot take. Hot take. This is a hot take. I have Mavericks at number four. I think that Mavericks are going to be the four seed this year. Um, I think Luka's winning MVP this year. That's also another hot take of mine. <laughs> I, I just don't see how last year when you averaged, what did he average? 29, 8, and 8. I don't see how you can get better than that without winning the MVP. Honestly, if Jokic didn't have a great year last year, Luka probably would have won MVP, but just because of that, I, I just – this team is great. This team is great. Like, it's good. They added Frank Nilekina, uh, who, you know, was decent on the Knicks, but, I mean, they kind of pushed him to be something that he just wasn't. Um, they also – excuse me, I'm looking at my notes. Frank Nilekina and also Reggie Bullock from the Knicks, who's a solid scorer. He's a scorer. And they re-signed Tim Hardaway Jr., and they're also getting Porzingis back, and hopefully – and, you know, Porzingis is going to be fully healthy, so hopefully he's back to how, you know, he was playing in New York, or if not, at least something close to that, consistently able to rebound and shoot and score the ball. If they can do that and they can get a and they can mesh and actually start winning games, they're going to be a scary, scary team. They were a scary team last year. I only see them getting scarier this year, and I think Luke is probably going to have the, the greatest year of his career this year, if not just... I, I just don't know what else to say. Luka, Luka Doncic is probably the greatest basketball player right now. It's just it's just unmatched. Um, again, hot take. Uh, so Mavericks at number four. Again, if you don't agree with me, you don't agree with me. But that's just my opinion. Uh, number five, I have the Utah Jazz. The Jazz are interesting. Um, you know, the, everybody knows they went the they went they got the one seed last year. Kind of a surprise. Uh, everybody thought that the Suns were going to get it, but the Jazz actually ended up getting the one seed last year and got home court advantage in the playoffs every series, which was helpful for them. Their team chemistry was amazing. If you watched the Jazz game, every single player at one point on the floor touched the ball. It, it, you know, they really, they really understood team, team dynamic, and they made that their number one priority. And when they did that, they won games. And that's what I think they're going to do this year. The only problem with that, though, is they made no upgrades. You know, 
They uh, they re-signed um, Mike Conley, obviously. You know, Mike Conley had an all- Mike Conley was an All Star last year, and he's what thirty two years old, thirty three. His first All Star appearance. Mike Conley played great last year. Hell, everyone on the Jazz played great last year. Nobody really kind of stood out. Their leading scorer was Donovan Mitchell with twenty four points a game. You know, everybody else. I think I think everyone. I think the lowest scoring Jazz player at least averaged. I want to say at least ten points a game. That was in the rotation solidly, 10 or 12. You know, everyone uh, everyone on that Jazz team was consistently shooting and scoring and rebounding the ball. And that's why they were able to win. But the only thing this year is that they spent most of their money on Conley. So they went out and signed uh, Hassan Whiteside, the backup, Gobert. And uh, they also signed uh, Rudy Gay. Okay, one last thing on the Jazz before we move on. Rudy Gobert. I think... He is the most overpaid center in the league, okay? $200 million. Sure, he was a defensive player of the year winner. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I love that for him. Great for him, right? When you average 12 points a game, you are not worth $200 million, my friend. I'm sorry. And a lot of you are going to be thinking, well, he averages like two or three blocks a game. Yeah. So did Shaquille O'Neal, and he averaged over 30 points in the NBA Finals. I'm just saying, I'm on Shaq's side when he's talking about Rudy Gobert. That is all I'm saying. Okay, enough with the Jazz. Number six, I have the Denver Nuggets. Um, You know, Jokic coming off an MVP season. They're going to have Jamal Murray back, who is, you know, a huge loss to them. You could tell in the second round against the Suns. They just, Jokic just was trying to do everything. He just couldn't, you know. Uh, they're going to get a full year with Aaron Gordon. I mean, they re-signed Aaron Gordon. I think they paid him $80 million for four years. I think that was the biggest waste of money they could done. I just, I, I just, Aaron Gordon's just like, eh. you know, he's 28, 29 years old. He, he had his one moment in the dunk contest. And then since then, he's just kind of been like a solid, like, bench player. Or, like, not bench player, but kind of like role player. And, um... $80 million at this point for Aaron Gordon in his career. It's just not worth it. Um, but I have them at six. I think they're still going to be a competitive team in the West. I think they'll finish top six, one of the top six teams. So all the teams I just named I think could finish better or worse than the number I listed them at. I think the Suns could be the sixth seed. I think the Suns could be the one seed. I think Utah could repeat as the one seed. I've, I'm thinking a lot of things because I don't know with this conference. It's just so hard. There's so much talent. There's so much competition. I honestly have no idea. I have no idea. So this is my personal list based off of talent, but I honestly do think it's a free-for-all. I really do think in the Western Conference it is a free-for-all. And you're going to see why with the next, I would say, three teams, I'm going to say. You're going to see why. Number seven, Memphis Grizzlies. Um, you know, gr- they, they did what they needed to do to kind of start this uh, journey to become a good team, get their young guys playoff experience. And that's what they did, you know? And they even won a game against the one seed. Uh, Dylan Brooks played great in the playoffs. John Moran had, I think, John Moran had a great playoff run last year. He had 47, I believe, in Utah. Um, I, I, I definitely see this. And the reason why I have them ranked so low is because just – they're obviously not better than the Lakers, or they're not better than the Clippers, and talent-wise, uh, or skill-wise, but talent-wise, their ceiling is through the roof. Uh, they traded up in the draft for Zaire Williams, great addition. They also added up, um, they also added in uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., who's actually going to be fully healthy. So that's also exciting for them. I, I see Memphis doing a lot. I see Memphis doing a lot this year. I think they're going to make the playoffs this year. I don't think they'll need to be in the play-in tournament like last year. Uh, I want to see Memphis succeed. I, I really do love John Morant. I really do love this team. I really think they're going to be great eventually down the line. It, they just need that little pick-me-up, but I really do think they're going to shock a lot of people this year. Number eight. Golden State Warriors. The only reason why I have them so low is, like I said before, the amount of competition in this conference, and they're getting Clay after two years. Clay Thompson. Let's put that in perspective. Clay Thompson has not played an NBA game in two years. So for someone that tears an ACL twice, that's pretty difficult. So I have them so low because 
Curry's going to be Curry, obviously. Steph Curry was literally an MVP candidate last year, and uh, he's probably going to be again this year. He's just uh, um, insane. He's just insane. Andrew Wiggins they're actually going to have now that he got his COVID vaccine, so that's good for them. Uh, they also drafted Jonathan Kaminga in the draft. Uh, again, solid pickup, solid score for them. They're in the talks about getting Ben Simmons, I know. I mean, that would be great for them. I think that's – you just add another weapon, and that actually does give Ben Simmons kind of an excuse to go in and drive because you got Curry and Clay getting double teamed up at the three-point line. You're going to have someone open in the paint or someone open. Why not get Ben involved? Or get Ben on probably one of the best three-pointing shooting teams of all time with two of the greatest three-point shooters. But that's just me. I have the Warriors at number eight. I, I, you know, I feel like guys like Jordan Poole. For, first of all, Jordan Poole, who had 30 and three quarters last night. Props to you, my friend. Props to Jordan Poole. If you know, you know. I just, I, 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 love, I love me a good underrated NBA guy having a great game. That's just who I am. That's just, and I love to see guys like that. Um, so yeah, Warriors at number eight. Number nine, Trailblazers. I have the Trailblazers at number nine only because they do not change their team at all. They have been the same team for, I want to say, what, five, six years now? It has been the same rotation. And the only thing that, the biggest change that they made was trading Gary Trent Jr. for Norman Powell. That's it. That's the only change they have made. They have you know, they kept Nurkic there. He's still there. McCollum's still there. Lillard's still there. And now you got, um, oh my God, now I'm already forgetting his name. Now you got Norman Powell. That's not, it's, like, I want, like, we all want Dame to, to succeed. I'm pretty sure everybody wants Damian Lillard to win a championship at this point. And when your head coach is Cha Chauncey Billups, it's like, I don't, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Portland's weird. Portland's a weird, just a weird team right now. I, I, I don't know with Portland, to be honest. I really don't know. If anything, they'll make the play-in tournament, but just, I don't, they just, they're this, they're the same team. <laughs> they're just the same team. I don't know. Number 10, San Antonio Spurs. Same thing with uh, same thing kind of with them with the Trailblazers, except they lost to Martin Rosen, so they're just going to be worse. Um, you know, they obviously have young guys. Uh, uh, excuse me. Sorry, I'm blanking. DeJounte Murray, Keldon Johnson. You know, you got guys like that. Lonnie Walker, the fourth. Solid, solid players who are still developing and probably will be able to develop at a much quicker rate now that they're probably going to have to score the ball a lot more um but i you know and pop's getting old so i, eh, I, I again i just you know i don't really see this team really doing much so i have the spurs at number 10 definitely better than the next teams i'm going to be talking about though number 10 uh excuse me number 11 houston rockets i know i have them high <laughs> And you may be thinking, 11's high? Yeah, for the Rockets it is, especially if you watched them last year. It's very high for them. Uh, the only reason why, Jalen Green. They can thank Jalen Green for that. Jalen Green's a stud. I think he's going to be a stud. I think he, I, he's my pick for Rookie of the Year this year. I think him and Kevin Porter Jr. are going to be deadly tree, uh, duo together, not to mention Christian Wood, too, kind of being healthy and probably actually having a sense to want to win games again now that he's on a decently better team. Uh, and plus, they're getting rid of that John Wall contract, too, um, which is good for them, but also good for John Wall. He need, he he deserves to go somewhere that he actually needs a point guard that's also in a winning situation. Um, but I have uh, the Rockets at 11. I think they're going to shock a lot of people this year just based off of their young talent, too. Same thing with, like, Jay Sean Tate and them. They'll be able to develop. I think they'll... They'll win a few games. I think their young core is going to win them a few games. Not the playoffs, but much better than last year. Number 12, New Orleans Pelicans. I actually have the Rockets faring out to be better than uh, than the Pelicans because, the, like, they lost. Like, you added Devontae Graham. That's great. But now you've lost your def your defensive presence in Eric Bledsoe. First of all, and second off, you lost Stephen Adams too. Um, so it's pretty much the Zion Brandon Ingram show over there in New Orleans, and not to mention they have Josh Hart still, and they have um, 
what's his name? Jackson Hayes, who, uh, <laughs> if, you, if you didn't know, uh, is kind of having some legal trouble. I don't know, actually, the update on that whole situation. I saw the video. It's kind of messed up, but um, I don't know the full extent of actually what happened. I'm not a big Jackson fan, a Jackson Hayes fan, so if anybody wants to let me know, please do. But, um, yeah, I have no clue. Um, I, I just, and, you know, the, I, I think the Pelicans are kind of in a hard spot, too, because when your franchise player's family comes out and say that they don't want him playing for your team anymore, you have a problem. You have a really big problem. The Pelicans is just a crapshoot over there, too. I just, you know, they just lost their whole talent. So I just, I have them at 12. I have them at 12. Uh, 13, Sacramento Kings. I honestly think they could do better than being the 13th seed in the West. I, th I, I but It's just because that they're in such a tough conference that they're going to be pretty much, if not last, last every year. Just because. Just, just, just the talent level and the skill level in this conference, it's just unfair for teams like this. <laughs> teams that are still trying to build. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is a god. De'Aaron Fox is the man. I love De'Aaron Fox. I think he's going to have a great year this year. Tyrese Halliburton, also the man. I love Tyrese. Uh, I think he's going to also have a great year, too. Uh, Marvin Bagley is going to be coming back. He's healthy, but he healed, too. Solid three-point shooter. Wasn't necessarily what Sacramento thought they were getting. Um, he was a stud in Oklahoma. He still is a stud, but, you know, definitely wasn't like the franchise small forward they were looking for. Or spot up three point god like Curry. <sighs> Excuse me there. Um, but you know they all they have they have a lot of young guys. They have a lot of talent that they're still um, developing. But I definitely see the Kings being a good team in like mm, four years, <laughs> three years, four years. And number fifteen. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. I only have them last, just uh, like the same thing. It, it's it's just because of the level, the talent level, and their best player is Shea Gil Shea Gildress Alexander, who's like what twenty five. I'm pretty sure he's the oldest player on the team. I actually don't know. I I don't know the oldest player on the team for the Thunder anymore. I I, I don't know. They're just so young. <laughs> Sam Presti, man. Let me tell you, Sam Presti. Okay, he is revolutionizing the game of basketball right now. But it's he's making it work. He's making it work. You know, Lou Dort stud. Shea stud, and he got that in a trade. He even draft Shea. Uh, Josh Giddy's gonna be great. I I have no doubt about Josh Giddy. I think that was a solid pickup for them too. I you know, but just with this team, they're honestly just. I you know, I it's clear what they're doing. They're building through the draft, a hundred percent. I don't blame them. I mean, you trade your franchise point guard, though, and you get that amount of picks for it, go for it, man. But like the Thunder, they surprise everybody every year, so maybe having them at 15 is kind of a mistake. Knowing my luck, they're probably going to finish 10th. <laughs> kind of like how they were the fifth seed with Chris Paul, and everyone thought they were going to only win, like, what, 15, 20 games? So I don't know. I, I, I generally don't know. Any team that I just listed in this conference right now, I have the feeling could surprise me. Uh, for instance, like the Rock, like not the Rockets, like the Trailblazers, maybe the Thunder, maybe even. Um, oh, I completely forgot the Minnesota Timberwolves. Okay, so hold on. <laughs> Fourteen Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, they're gonna have a whole healthy team this year. Uh, hopefully, they can stay that way. Cat uh, had some COVID problems last year, obviously. Which, by the way, I think. Nobody has had the pandemic probably worse than he has. He's probably had it the worst. So, uh, you know, prayers up the cat for him and his family. They've been through a lot. And I also want to say for anybody that ever says anything bad about cat and his family. And, you know, it's just that's the thing, too. with like the whole NBA COVID thing. Everybody's asking all these questions. And then you have someone like Carl Anthony Towns that literally lost so much to this virus so you know it's just it's hard it's hard it must be hard for him you know someone like that and just uh but enough of that we don't have to talk about that i i really do think that the timberwolves are just kind of playing just to play i mean anthony edwards they're looking to develop him to become you know superstar 
definitely showed shades of it last year. I, you know, I, I, I wanted LaMelo to honestly win Rookie of the Year, and I think he was going to either way. Um, but he was definitely – Anthony Edwards definitely make a case, though, as to why he should have been. Um, but, I mean, other than that, there's really not much there, you know? They're they're old. They're kind of old. Like Nas Reed, like guys like that, they're – it just – so I don't I don't necessarily see the Timberwolves or the Thunder at 15. Timberwolves 14 doing doing that much other than kind of playing for the draft. And the Timberwolves didn't even have a first round pick this year, and they were one of the worst teams in the league last year. So makes it tough on them. So we're gonna go through my list for the. So that was actually pretty much the West. Yeah, that was the West. Uh, we're gonna go through my list one more time. I have one Suns, two Clippers, Lakers, Mavs, Jazz. Uh, Nuggets, Grizzlies, Warriors, Trailblazers, Spurs, Rockets, Pelicans, Kings, Timberwolves, and Thunder. So that has been my pre-season uh, rankings for the NBA. Uh, I'm going to stick to it for now. Uh, we'll see how the season goes. We'll see how it starts. Um, but that's what I'm sticking with right now. So hopefully I can stay right. I doubt I will. Uh, but when it comes to this stuff, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to actually give myself a pat on the back here. I know my stuff. All right? I know my stuff. So this has been the first episode of the Foul Line Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm going to try to get as many episodes as I count, uh, count as I can. Um, not going to work myself, though. But definitely, uh, I, I, w- I want to be able to make shows to where there's stuff to talk about, you know? I don't want to keep bringing up the same stuff over and over again. And especially, too, at a time like this. Before the season starts, it's very slow. So we're just going to be taking it one step at a time. My next show, I'll probably definitely be talking about preseason, getting into more of that. I know I only touched up on a little bit today, but this is the first episode, so I just wanted to kind of, you know, give you guys a little uh, little experiment, like a little little taste of what uh, what uh, this, this show is going to be like. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. Please tune in to the next episode. Take care of you guys. Later.